Praise the Lord. Uh, let's uh, we'll go to Gospel of Mark once again. We've uh, in my time with you on the Wednesday nights have been uh, talking about really the life of faith is what we've been talking about, and and uh, I wasn't here last week, but Nancy, praise God, took care of it. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Going after the Word, putting the Word as your priority. Praise God. I appreciate uh, Nancy, and she always does good. Always, always, always conquers. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I love that about her. Praise the Lord. And so, anyway, we uh, weren't with you last week, but I'm with you this week. Praise God. And so, we're going to again, uh, Mark 11 and 22. Jesus uh, answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, how many know that's just kind of a gimme statement, right? Kind of duh, right? Have faith in God. Amen. The uh, Amplified, uh, let's go ahead and throw that up there. The Amplified says to have faith in God, what? Constantly. I mean, that's probably be a good thing to, to do. I mean, oh, not just, just when it feels good. Come on, somebody. Right. We should be putting our faith in God constantly. Let's, uh, I think it was the message. I have the message translation on that. Let's throw that up real quick. It says Jesus uh, was, uh, matter of fact, embrace, he, this is how he said it, embrace this God life, okay? In fact, um, in your, um, some of your translations, and actually if you look at in the, uh, just your Greek interlinears, it brings out, it says, have the faith of God. Amen. Have the faith of God. In other words, uh, the same thing, you, what Jesus was basically implying was the same thing that you see operating in me, you're supposed to operate in that. Amen. So the same way I'm doing it is how you do it. Amen. In fact, in Matthew's account, he said that. He said, if you, if you operate in the same faith, if you do it this way, you're not only going to do what was done to this fig tree, but you're going to be able to speak to any mountain and tell it to be moved, and it's going to move for you, praise God. Isn't that good news? So in, in the uh, message translation, it brings out, he says, embrace this God life. I like that. Really embrace it. And it says, and nothing, everybody say nothing. Nothing will be uh, too much for you, praise God. This mountain, for instance, uh, just say, uh, go jump in the lake, praise God. <laughs> and no shuffling, no shilly-shallying, praise God. And it, uh, it's as good as done, praise God. How many know that'd be, that's all right, praise God, amen. So anyway, this God life. Now, uh, real quick, just for a quick, um, just, just kind of review a little bit. Put the Hebrews 10 up there. And then we're going to kind of shift into what we got for you today. Uh, it says, now this, now the just. Now, how many know you're the just? Okay, now anybody that, uh, this word just, again, just uh, real quick, uh, just, justified, justification, righteous, righteousness, all the same words, just depending on how it's used in a sentence. Uh, but it, that's, who, that's who you are. The word says, because of what Jesus did, you've been made the righteousness of God. Amen? Uh, that's your identity. Amen. So you're the just. Amen. That's not, not talking about, uh, you know, what you're trying to be. It's who you are. Are you still with me? Now, the reason I'm saying it is because it says the just. In other words, you and me uh, are people that live by faith, right? This is how we live. This is this God life that we live. Praise God. Hallelujah. This, uh, you know, we, we live by faith. We, uh, you know, we conduct life. It's our, it's our lifestyle. Amen. We live by faith. Faith is not a movement. It's a way of life. Amen. In fact, the word faith uh, is defined, the Greek word is pistis, which means to believe or belief in. It means a persuasion or conviction. It speaks of a reliance or a dependence upon. Amen. So we, we rely on God. We're depending on God. We're assured. There's another word, trust, and of course, confident in, praise God. 
And so this is what faith is. We live by faith. We live by our confidence in God, our assurance, our dependence on God. Praise God. The just shall live by faith. And he goes on to say, but if anyone draws back, uh, my soul has no pleasure in him. In other words, it just, it just means it doesn't bring satisfaction to God. It doesn't mean he stopped loving you. It just means he de- it brings no satisfaction when you're not going to rely on him. Come on, it, it brings satisfaction to him when you will rely on him. Come on, God gets thrilled when his, when his kids are going to lean on him and trust in him. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? Look at your neighbor and say, let's lean on him. Come on now. Amen. Put verse 39 up there because we've got we to finish that part. It says, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition or destruction or ruin, but we are those, praise God, who believe to the saving of the soul. Praise God. So look at your neighbor and say, it's good to be a believer. Praise God. And not a doubter. Come on, right? Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. So we have, uh, over the last uh, few times I've been with you here on the midweeks, have been talking about just different things about faith. And, and uh, I think the first time I started talking about, just talking about just some basic mechanics of faith. And uh, last time I talked with you about is uh, really corresponding action. Amen. And what it, why it's important to have a corresponding action and what that means. Today I'm going to talk about our words. Got real quiet in this Holy Ghost house. You can't talk about a message and living, you know, a message of faith or a series of faith or living by faith without talking about the words that come out of our mouth. Come on, somebody. Smile real big at your neighbor and say, I got all ears today. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, you got to hear it. Now, I know I touch on this topic quite a bit, uh, you know, but it's, it's uh, to me, I don't think we touch on it enough. And so I just want to show you the importance of keeping our words in the right place. And so let's go back to our opening text, and we're going to go back to Mark 11 again. Mark 11, and again, we'll read verse 22, and then uh, verse 23 and 4 here. So it says this, have faith in God, right, or the faith of God, okay? And that kind of makes sense here when you start reading it on here. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, everybody say says, whoever says to this mountain, and this word says here just means speaks out or to say on, literally means to answer, declare, uh, to proclaim, to bid something, all right, uh, to bring word or even to utter command, okay, so it's quite a, quite a deal here, so he's talking about whoever will say unto this mountain, now of course he just got done talking about, you know, how this whole subject came up is because you know, he, uh, you know, the day prior, he walked by and he was looking for uh, something to eat. And he looked up and on the hillside and he saw this fig tree and uh, it, it had leaves, green leaves. So it was implying that it probably could have had some fruit on it. Now, we knew according to scripture, it really wasn't the season for figs, but it still had the green leaves, which implied he could maybe possibly have some fruit on it. So he goes up there and it didn't. And the word said he cursed it. Now, the word says he answered it. Okay, so you think, well, why would Jesus curse the fig tree, you know? Well, it wasn't bearing any fruit for him, and he was hungry. Come on, but the word said he answered it. So obviously it said something. Like, you ain't getting none from me. He said, well, fine. Ain't nobody else will either. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. All I know is he cursed it. And, of course, you know, he goes on about a business. They go into town, take care of business in town, come back. And what happens, the boys, uh, you know, noticed that that fig tree had already begun to wither and die. So it was pretty noticeable. 
And so they asked him about it, and that's why he said, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. Amen. And then he goes on talking about what comes out your mouth, what you say. Amen. Hallelujah. You still with me? So he says, say, uh, whoever says to this mountain. So now he's talking about a mountain. So what's he, is he talking about? That we could go out here to the three sisters and command the three sisters to be moved? I command them to go to Nebraska. Ain't nothing to look at there except corn. And so anyway, how many know that probably ain't going to happen? Come on now. I mean, you pretty, you know, unless you got some real serious faith. Come on, somebody. But the thing is, the word mountain, okay, is defined as that which towers over, okay? It's re- defined as what, that which rises or towers over, which rears up and shadows over, okay? It also means, listen, it means lifts itself above. Amen. So he's talking about these things that try to tower over you, these, these circumstances, these situations, these things that try to somehow elevate themselves over you. Are you still with me? All right. So uh, that's what he's dealing with. And so, in fact, uh, we'll come back to that verse. Put uh, 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5. Just throw it up there real quick because it kind of gives you an idea. You know, he's talking about here casting down arguments and vain imaginations, all that. And every, it says, and every what? High thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's this every high thing that exalts itself? That mountain. Those things that try to somehow tower over you. You're trying to walk this walk, live this life. Come on, somebody. Be a man and woman of faith, you know, and here comes that situation. Tries to tower itself over you. Tries to elevate itself over you and say, it ain't happening. Are you still with me? See, that's what the fig tree tried to tell him. It ain't happening. Oh, yeah? Well, we'll just do away with you. All right? So this mountain, see, is this thing, one of those things that try to elevate themselves, amen, above or against. It says against even the knowledge of God or the Word of God. And, of course, we're supposed to bring every thought captive. That's what that verse is dealing with. But let's go back now to uh, Mark 11 again. Sorry to jump around, but I think that kind of gives you an idea what this mountain is, okay? So these things that try to elevate themselves over you, these things that try to say you're not going to make it, or you can't do it, or you can't be that, or you can't accomplish that. Are you hearing me? Or there's no way you're going to beat this thing that's trying to uh, dictate your life. Are you still with me? So he says you got to begin to speak to those things. You don't give them authority. You take authority. Amen. You don't let those things that try to elevate themselves over you and tower over you and dictate your life. You take a stand. You Take authority. Amen. That's why he said, have this kind of faith. Amen. So whatever you say, right, who are, pardon me, whoever says to this mountain, be removed, be thou cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. In other words, no second thoughts here, not up and down, in and out. That's what it means. And does not doubt in his heart, but what believes, here we go, that those things he, what? says will be done and and what he says he will have whatever he says all right you can't talk faith without talking about what you what you're saying you know if you're you're dealing with something you got something that's uh trying to uh you know overcome you come on well you're gonna have to take authority over that amen not give it place but if you're gonna talk 
Amen. You notice it didn't say anything about giving guided mountain tours? I, I know that, you know, it's maybe a little funny statement, but I'm not trying to be funny with that. Because in all honesty, that's what most of the time what we do. We sit around, we talk about our, our little mountain. Those things that are towering over us. And so what happens, Jesus is saying, listen, you can't let those things just keep talking and dictate your life. you got to begin to speak to it. you got to begin to tell it what it needs to be doing. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? I mean, when your body's trying to say, you know, it's, it, it wants to go under, you say, it ain't going under, it's going over because, man, he paid my price, amen, for my, sick, for my uh, health and wholeness, amen. Sickness and disease is no more, it don't have authority over me no more. Come on, somebody. He bore my sickness. He carried my disease. Amen. It will not dictate my health. Come on. I'm well and whole. Why? Because Jesus said so. Are you still with me? I'm kind of getting a little ahead of myself. But anyway, so anyway, you can't really start talking about, uh, you know, faith or living a life of faith without taking a look at what's coming out of our mouth. Still with me? All right. So so let's dive into this thing. Um, We're going to go to... uh, First uh, Timothy six. Let's go there first. First Timothy six, and it says, "Fight the good fight of faith." Okay. Well, for the instance, what does what's it mean? What's it mean by a fight here? So, what's what's this word mean? Well, it means to compete for a prize, which makes sense. You know, if you were in a boxing match or something, that would mean that. But it also means to contend with an adversary. All right, or to endeavor to accomplish a thing. So this word fights, whether we're talking about warring against the enemy or whether we're talking about just overcoming an area of your life. So fight, everybody say fight. There's no laying down here. Not, you don't lay down as a Christian. I said you don't lay down as a Christian. You get up, you, you face things, you deal with things, amen. Fight the good fight of what? Of faith, all right? Everybody say faith again. Again, that same word, okay? Reliance and dependence and assurance and trust. Amen. And confidence in. There's a good fight to fight here. Amen. Now, Jesus began to give us an example of that, saying, amen, you're going to have to speak to that mountain. And you're going to have to tell it where it needs to go. Are you still with me? Don't let it tell you. You talk to it. Praise God. But people that lay down will let the thing tower over them and dictate their life. And that's what I mean sometimes when people just sit around and they start talking their mountain. Start giving guided mountain tours. Well, my mountain's bigger than your mountain. No, uh mine's bigger than yours. Well, that ain't what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to speak to that thing, tell it to leave. Still with me? So it's a good fight of faith. But it begins to tell you, it says, lay hold, grab hold, and then seize on eternal life. Now, the word eternal life uh, talks about perpetual life. Not even, really, to be honest, it's not referring to someday in the sweet by and by. Now, it includes it. Because eternal life started, Jesus said, eternal life began when you made Jesus Lord of your life. When it, that's what it says. Amen. John 17 says, this is eternal life. Knowing the only true God and the Son in whom he sent. That's eternal life. So when you made Jesus Lord of your life, eternal life began right then. Amen. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not going to overlook heaven. Hallelujah. Right? I mean, one day, you bet, praise God, that's a part of the package. Amen. But see, a lot of times we look at something like that, we think, well, you know, someday we're going you know, we're gonna, to we're gonna win this fight by going to heaven. No, you're supposed to win this fight right now. Amen. So really, eternal life isn't so much about just a quantity of life, but a 
quality of life. It's the life of God. It's the abundant life, Jesus mentions in John 10. So it's in a life of abundance, amen, a life, amen, worth living, a life where you're not being overcome by everything that tries to shadow itself over you, but you taking authority and dominion and telling it where it needs to go. Are you still with me? That's a part of this life. So lay hold of it, to which you were also called, and it goes on, and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Huh. So this is pretty key. So there is no fight of faith without this. I said there is no fight of faith without this. So confession. Confess the good confession, which means the right words, right? And it even says in the presence of many witnesses, which means it ain't just something you're just going to do, you know, when no one else is around. You have to be willing to always talk the right thing. So what's this word confession? Okay, what does it mean? Some translate might even use the word profession to profess something. But the word comes from two Greek words put together, homos logos, okay, which means same word. Put it together, homos logia, okay, which just means a covenant acknowledgement, all right? What do you have in your lap right there for those that brought your Bibles? I mean, this is our B-I-B-L-E, right? Come on, right? Are you with me? Listen, we're talking about living a life of faith. Do you have an ear to hear it? Because you can't, you can't fight the good fight of faith without this being alive and working in your life. Because there's a lot of things that are going on, and you're going to get whipped every time you deal with stuff if you don't get this part right. Are you still with me? And then you can be all mad at God and all mad at the preacher, all mad at the church, all mad at everybody else. Come on, that because something ain't working, and all along you're sitting here talking stuff, you ain't got no business talking. Now, I'm trying to look at all of you. Sometimes I catch your eyes, and you all think, oh, I know he's talking to me. I'm talking to all of you, and I'm talking to whoever's watching, whoever's listening. Are you with me? All right, so this is part of the fight of faith, all right? You lay hold of that life that you're called to, praise God, and you start getting your mouth doing the right thing. you got to have this part working, all right? So again, homos logia, which means a covenant acknowledgement. Now, what you have right here in the B-I-B-L-E is a covenant, your covenant, which means a contract. This is a contract. Okay, you have the old and the new. A lot of times it's referred to as the will and testament of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right? He was the only one to die, give you a will, and then come back to life to carry it out. Just a thought. But it, you, you were redeemed because of a price paid. Come on. And all of these are promises. And the Word says that all the promises of God in Him are yes and in Him, amen. Still with me? He's never deviated off that. He's not wavering on that. All the promises are for everybody that will dare, who will have the audacity to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of it. Come on, somebody. Are you still with me? All right? So everybody can have whatever in this covenant. All right? So but we have to do is we have to talk the covenant then. Still with me? What happens is if... If we're not taking in the word, amen, of course, Nancy uh, dove into that last week. This word's got to be priority. Come on. If you're not taking in the word, you may not know what to say then. Right? That's why the word's so important. Hallelujah. And so what happens is, if you're not, then you're going to say everything everybody else out there says. 
And even though you're heaven-bound, even though you're a child of God, even though you're born again, you're talking the same way they are, and you get no different results. Still with me? Am I coming on too strong? All right. So this is the fight of faith. So homos logia, okay, homos, same, logos, word, same word, covenant acknowledgement, amen. This is how we deal with stuff. Talk your covenant. How many know you got to talk the promise, not the problem? You got to talk the solution, not the situation. Listen, if you want the dog, stop calling the cat. I just don't understand why the cat keeps coming. Because you keep saying kitty, 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 kitty. I want the dog, but yeah, you keep saying kitty, 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 kitty. Right? I mean, that just might be silly, but it's, it's exactly what happens. It, you, I, I want this thing to be changed in my life, but you keep talking the same thing. You keep say, talking the problem instead of the solution. You keep talking the problem instead of the promise. Still with me? Okay. So, uh you're going to have to be willing to talk it. Talk this. All right. Still with me? All right. So let's, let's see here. What all I got here? Let's go to, uh, um, let's put Proverbs 18. We'll do that. And um, uh, we'll start there. Well, I guess we've already started, but we'll, at least in this direction, we'll head her down this way. Um, in the Word, um, there are so many clear um, clear patterns of success and clear patterns of defeat. It's, it's laid out. Things that totally work, things that totally don't. Are you with me? And, and so what, when you're in your covenant, you realize and recognize the things that truly work and the things that don't. And so one of these things that we're talking about here is one of those patterns of success Amen. To keep you away from defeat is by talking the right thing. Talk your covenant. Talk your promise. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, when, when he talks about, you know, the words of your mouth, he's not just talking about, you know, be kind. Although that you should be. And there is verses on being kind. Come on, somebody. Uh, but you have to understand that it's not just saying, you know, uh, be nice and the devil will leave you alone. A lot of nice people getting mowed over. Are you still with me? So it's not dealing when he's talking about the words of our mouth. He's not talking about just being gentle with your words or being kind with your words. Now, we can, we can do a whole sermon on that alone. We're not denying that. Okay, all that's right. But we're talking about standing on your covenant because here comes that thing trying to tower over you, that mountain, that thing that's trying to dictate your life that thing that is trying to elevate self over the things of God, the ways of God, the words of God. Come on, trying to tell you how you're going to live your life. And it's demonically inspired. So the only way to deal with it is you're going to have to get your words, amen, like Jesus, like it worked for him, is the same way it works for you. You're going to have to start talking this. All right, so let's look at this. Verse 20 says this. This is out of Proverbs 18. A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. you think it would be the other way. But anyway, from the fruit of his mouth. What's coming out? From the produce 
In other words, what comes out his lips, he shall be filled. So in other words, he's saying that a man is, is the whole man is satisfied uh, based on more about what comes out his mouth, not what comes in his mouth. Now, Jesus, we're going to show you a verse on that here in a minute, too, what Jesus said. He said the same thing. Verse uh, 21, please. Let's go ahead and read that. Death and life, see, ruin and destruction and life or abundant life are in the power of what? The tongue, okay? Out of your mouth, your tongue. And those who love it, in other words, what you talk of the most is what you're going to eat. Okay, what you talk. You talk death, that's what you eat. It's all you talk is ruin, destruction, misery, heartache, problems, issues. That's what we deal with. That's what we live. But if we're going to talk life, amen, come on, that's what you begin to eat the fruit of. Still with me? Let's see, did I give you another translation on that? I thought it was like the passion translation on this. I love this verse 21 on the passion. It says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. Amen. And the talkative person will reap the consequences. That's pretty good. And there's a, we'll get to a few other Proverbs here in a, a little bit here. Uh, just deal with why it's, why it's so important. If you don't know what to say, don't talk. I'm just saying. I mean, we, we get ourselves in trouble because we, we just start jabbering. I, I know it's nobody in here. My Wednesday night crowd, you're a bunch of radicals. You guys got this down. Come on now. I thought I'd at least get a little, yay, come on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. No, these are things we got to hear. Amen. So we got to guard what's coming out because, uh, well, anyway, well, I'll get to that verse here in a minute. All right. So anyway, so uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right. So words produce after their own, own selves. Um, in fact, one brother said it this way. Uh, I believe it was Charles Caps. He said this, that words are containers. They're, they hold something. Every word is a container. And it either is filled with death or filled with life. You talk enough of this, and you're stacking these containers up, and it begins to produce something in your life. You talk enough life, you stack it up, and it starts producing life. Come on. So you have to determine what kind of, what kind of how you want to live, what you want in your life. All right? You want to give place to death, or you want to give place to life? Still with me? All right. Praise the Lord. All right. So uh, let's go to, uh, let's look at another uh, reference here. Let's go now to that one Jesus said, John, uh, Matthew 15. Let's put that. Jesus said, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man. Remember now all the, uh, the I believe it was the Pharisees, they were kind of down with the disciples because they didn't wash their hands, because they didn't do something according to the law. And Jesus said, listen, you guys are all worked up about, you know, washing the hands. Maybe you should be more worried about what, you know, instead of what goes in the mouth, let's be more concerned about what's coming out of our mouth here. All right. He says, it's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a man. These are words in red, by the way. Amen. Well, not up there, but you know what I'm saying. Jesus said this, all right? So uh, it, you got to guard what comes out your mouth. That's what he's saying. Amen. Uh, for whatever it's worth, uh, words, uh, I, I guess just the best way I can say it, uh, words are usually the problem. And words are usually the solution. Things most of the time continue in our life because we just keep talking it. We just keep on keeping, we just give place for it. Just keep it, just keep it producing. 
Okay? Or you can shift it and change it, start talking your covenant, start talking your promise, and begin to cut that off and change it. All right? How many believe in an unseen realm? All seven of you. How many believe in an unseen realm? Amen. So you believe there's an unseen realm. So you believe there's actually angelic hosts. You know, the, you know, the kingdom of light is just, just filled with, with angelic hosts, right? Come on. How many believe there's also a, another kingdom? Come on. The word's real clear that uh, in, in Psalms it says that the angels of God give heed to the word of God. Literally, it says to the voice of his word, actually, it says. So in other words, when you give voice to the word, the angels, that's what, that's what causes them to move forward. So what's moving when you're not saying that? Just a thought I'm having. You'll find it's pretty accurate. Come on now. So we have to understand if there's an unseen realm, your words are producing something. So we just think, we just go along, we just, we have no uh, concept sometimes, we just go along, we have no, we don't see the seriousness of words. That's like, that's like saying, you know, there's, you know, there's no need for a steering wheel. Who needs a steering wheel? Plow yourself out of the garage, you can't even get about 15 feet and you're going to be hitting a tree. You'll find out real quick, steering wheel's pretty important. Am I right? I think I need that steering wheel, right? And we, because it's a natural thing, it's real, well, duh, yeah, we need a steering wheel. Well, words direct you. Words determine things. Words build things. Words produce things. Words begin to form something. Come on, somebody. Because he's given us authority, us dominion. Come on, somebody. And he says that out of the power of your own tongue or your own words, it produces a thing called death or a thing called life. One place it says the blessing or the curse. Now, how many like the blessing? Do you know the world loves the blessing? When you, when you know what the blessing is, the world wants it. When you know what the curse is, nobody wants it. When you know what it is. But see, it's, it's going to be, con- uh, part of it is contingent on words that come out our mouth, whether we're going to operate in the blessing or the curse. Now, there's other things, but words are pretty important. Deal with me? It's awful quiet here today. Are you with me? Okay, now I give you, uh, what was the next one? Matthew uh, 12, maybe? Is that what it was? Let's look at, uh, let's go back up to verse 33, and we'll go ahead and read through this. I think it'd be good. He said, this is Jesus talking. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good. Now, he's putting this out there for you. Or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is always known by its fruit. That's like, you know, duh, right? I mean, you know, I mean, I grew up, you know, uh, in the Midwest and, and uh, in the place that I grew up in, anyway, the house I grew up in out back, you know, we could, we could sneak over the neighbors. He had an apple tree that, you know, if you got him right, you know, you get some good ones before, you know, any worms or that kind of thing, you know. And, and, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to tell by looking over there. You can just see apples on it. So, you, I mean, nobody's going to look at that and go, that's a cherry tree. Or a lime tree, or a, come on, or a peach tree, or whatever. Come on, you just look at it, you see, because it's known by its fruit, right? Now, there might be some trees, before they start bearing fruit, you're trying to, you might stand back going, unless you really know, you know, the foliage and all that kind of stuff, you might stand back and not really know. But as soon as it starts producing fruit, you know what kind of tree it is. It's, it's not really deep. <laughs> I mean, you know, 
I mean, you know, Jesus ain't being deep here. He just says, listen, every, every, every tree is known by its fruit. And, you know, so he's, gonna, he's talking to him about it. So verse 34 now, uh, again, he's talking to the Pharisees here. He said, you brood of vipers or you bunch of snakes. He said, how can you, being evil, speak good things? Because why? Because, well, out of the abundance of the heart, a mouth speaks. Okay, verse 35, let's look at it. What does he mean by that? Well, a good man out of the good treasure or deposit of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of an evil treasure or deposit brings forth evil things. In other words, what you feed on is what you're going to talk because it's going to fill your heart up, and eventually it's coming out your mouth. And verse 36, here we go. But I say to you uh, that for every idle word, lazy, non-productive word, that's what that means, that men may speak, they're going to give account of it in the day of judgment. Verse 37, here we go. For by your words, you're going to be justified. And by your words, you're going to be condemned. So he gives you a whole, there's a whole bunch of sermons in that right there. But bottom line is this, what you feed on is going to determine what you're going to talk. Why? Because you fill your heart with it. What you fill your heart with is what you're going to talk. That's why the word's important. Are you still with me? Have we, have we been making that clear? The word's important. I mean, if you're just going to feed on CNN, if you're just going to feed on, uh, you know, some talk show, come on, somebody. If you're just going to feed on some, uh, you know, some sitcom, come on, somebody. Uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on nobody. I'm just saying if, you, if all you're going to feed on is what the world feeds on, then that's what you fill your heart with, and that's what you talk. It's just inevitable. So what Jesus is trying to tell you is, listen, he's saying, listen, stop trying to just try to, you know, you know attack what comes out your mouth. Start changing the source. You change the source, and then it'll start changing on its own. Praise God. Are you still with me? But, again, the words are important. Your words, by your words, you'll be justified or made right. By your words, you're condemned. Isn't that wild? He said, by your words. You think he said, by my words. By my words, you're justified, and by my words, you're condemned. No, he says, by your words. That's pretty wild, huh? So, anyway, it's, uh, you know, you just have to see the importance of this. Amen. One guy said it this way. He said, words are like uh, uh, buttons on an elevator. You know, you go up to a button or you're up to an elevator and you got, you know, you got, uh, you know, in most cases, you got, a, you know, two buttons. Up, down. What do you want? That's, you know, it's probably a good thing that they put all that on the outside and then you get in, then you're all confused about what floor you want. The point is, you know, what do you want? You want to go up, you want to go down. It's up to you. Push a button. Doors are going to open, right? So words are a lot like that. What do you want? You want this thing better or to continue and get worse? Come on, somebody. You have to determine. You want to go up? You want to go down? So you got to determine which way you want. Well, that's pretty simple then when you make it like that. Well, I want to go up. Push the up button. Who? hallelujah. That's where I'm going. Amen. I want to go up, right? Still with me? All right. So anyway, let's look at another verse here. Let's go to... Uh, um, James 3, please. Praise God. James 3. Solomon said, uh, by your words, you're or by your words uh, you are snared, he even says. You get snared by your own words. That's pretty wild. But anyway, okay, James 3. This is uh, the half-brother of Jesus. He grew up in the same house as Jesus. Amen. Uh, you know, so uh, anyway, he says, even so, the tongue is a little member and it boasts great things. And so the context, he's talking about just how this little bitty thing in, the, in, your, in your mouth can, can, can do great things or do damage. Come on, right? And actually, in context, he's dealing with an unrenewed tongue. So, so in other words, one that's a little bit out of control here. 
Okay, so he says it boasts great things, but see how great a forest a little fire kindles. In other words, this little tongue here can, can just start and just put everything ablaze. Amen. Am I right? Come on now. I mean, we even know just in certain things, you know, just in natural conversation sometimes. I mean, you say one thing and you wish I could just pull them words right back, right? Because you just started World War III. Come on. So that's just important how, how words can be, you know. Anyway, so let's look at verse 6 here. And it goes on, he says, uh, the tongue is a fire world of iniquity. So he's talking about the unrenewed one now in context. The tongue is so set among our members that literally, I mean, it's, it's here in the body. It's a little thing. You know, earlier he com- compares it to a rudder of a ship or the bit in a horse's mouth. You got a thousand, you know, 1,500-pound animal, and you can turn the whole thing just by a bit in its mouth. Come on, somebody. Uh, you can this massive, you know, uh, you know does, nowadays you got ships that are, I mean, literally full-blown cities in them. I mean, some of these aircraft carriers literally got, they got pe- more people in these things that, than a city. Come on, out there. And then yet that whole massive thing that literally airplanes can take off is all controlled by a rudder in the back. And it's one of the smallest things on it, but I mean, it's massive when you stand next to it. But in comparison to the ship, it's just a little thing. He says that tongue, same way, just a little thing in there, but that doggone thing can get you in more trouble. It's so set among our members that it defiles, literally defiles the whole body. That's what Jesus was saying. Amen. That literally your own, your own tongue can condemn you. Come on, somebody. Can literally affect you physically. I said can affect you physically. You can talk yourself sick. So it will defile the whole body. And it says, and it sets on fire, literally sets on fire the course of nature. And, of course, this tongue he's talking about has been set on fire by hell. Uh, I don't want my tongue set on fire by hell. Come on, somebody. So I want to put the right stuff in so when it's coming out, amen, it's the right stuff coming out. Are you still with me? But just showing you the power of what, what words or the tongue or the mouth, however you want, how, you know, depending on the verse we're looking at, but dealing with what comes out our mouth. And, and what, what uh, Paul brought out, is that, listen, the fight of faith, you got to get your mouth working for you and not against you. Otherwise, you're going to lose every fight. And this, this begins to explain why we have Christians that get beat up all the time. Come on, now, I'm not talking about natural. I'm talking about just with the things that go on and they always are succumb and taken over by stuff and always getting mowed over by things. Come on, somebody. Am I in the right house? All right. Listen, we're not picking on anybody. We're just saying that this is how this works. If we're going to get in this fight of faith and we're called to live by faith, this is how it is. And Jesus said, listen, the same way it works for me is how it's going to work for you, boys. He said, listen, you're going to have to speak to it and tell it where it's supposed to go instead of letting it talk and talk you down. Come on, somebody. Everything talks. Your pocketbook will talk to you. Pull that thing out. It goes, I ain't got nothing in here. I ain't can't afford nothing. I can't do anything. Can't do this. Can't do this. I'm broke, busted, and disgusted. I ain't. I can't pay a bill. So far in debt, I can't even hardly breathe. And you, all you do is you pull it out about a half inch and it just started talking to you. Come on now. Everything's got a voice. Get that little pain. Ooh, and you think, oh, that bison. Oh yeah. You know, it just starts screaming at you. If you don't watch it pretty soon, you're talking. I wonder if that's a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, wait, it's on the wrong spot. It can't be a heart attack. <laughs> right? Come on now. That's what, that's what happens, you know. Pretty soon we're just talking it, you know. You say, no, you got to, man, you got you to you tell it. You got to tell that thing it's trying to tower over you right now. Listen, by his stripes I'm healed. I don't receive that. I'm walking in that. I'm not going to let it tell me anything, praise God. Are you still with me? Now, listen, I ain't telling you to go out there and be stupid. I'm just telling you, praise God, there's certain things that you can't just jump on and, and just start talking it because you're going to hurt yourself. You're going to kill yourself. Listen, you already got an enemy. Don't join forces with him. I mean, you already got enough on your plate dealing with him. Come on, somebody, let alone just, you know, jump on board with him and start saying the same thing. Listen, the word says this, we're to agree as touching anything. It shall be given. We think all, we read that, we think, well, that's only talking about when we pray. No, it ain't. We're too agree as touching anything. You go along and this thing happens, somebody says this, and you, you just jump on board and get in agreement with it. That's why you got to guard what, you know, all the, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but some of these conversations, like, be quick to say, you know, I'm not going to talk that. <clears throat> I don't need to get caught up in this conversation. Amen. Whew. Confess the good confession even in the presence of many witnesses. Come on, somebody. And if you can't do that, then it's better off not to say anything. Okay, well. Mm. So, praise God. So let's, let's uh, I'll tell you what, let's do this. How about, you know, um, let's get a handle on this thing, right? Psalms 141, let's go there. We could probably went further down this other road here, but Psalms 141, this is what David said. David said, set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because I need it. <laughs> Does anybody need a guard set over your mouth? Come on, all seven of you. Let's try that again. Maybe there's maybe about eight or nine more. Maybe. All right. Uh, set, a set a guard, O oh Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the doors of my lips. Why? Because I have a tendency to, to say things I got no business saying. Right? That's the truth. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's see. Give me, a, give me another one here. What do we got here? There's another Psalms. Psalms 19. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, which is important because what you meditate on is probably what you're going to talk, right. right? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, right, in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, right? So pretty soon what he's talking about, see, put a, you know, put watch over this thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you ever just... You know, just made a decision. I mean, when we early on, when Trudy and me heard these truths, um, you know, early on, we probably, you know, we fed on um, Brother Charles Caps a lot of his materials on this because that guy was a basically an authoritative. I mean, he he knew who he was and what he knew this topic, and he was uh, pretty anointed in ministering on this. And man, I tell you what, you start listening to that and watching that, and you, and pretty soon you start being aware of what you're saying. And it's like you find yourself going, I don't need to be talking that. And again, you know, somebody says, oh, this is just silly. Well, and, and we go on with things just keep rolling in our lives. They don't change. They don't shift. 
And then we get all upset because we think because, well, I love God. I will go to church. I give. I serve. Well, this, this all should change. No, this all changes when you get this thing in gear. Listen, that isn't the only thing, but this thing today, this is our topic, right? You get the mouth working for you because this is part of the fight of faith. That, a lot of that stuff, we just think it's just reward. Now, there is rewards for doing right things. But we think that you know healing and all these kind of things are rewards. They're not rewards. Everybody's got to use their faith and grab hold of their promise. Well, I went to church, so my life should change now. Well, it, it does if you're listening and taking heed to it and then following it. And since the preacher man's talking about words today, hallelujah, I'm hearing that. I'm taking heed to that. I'm going to give, come on, I'm going to follow that. And you start doing it, your life will change. I'm telling you, it will. You know, uh, uh, I think I made mention of this, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago or something, but um, you know, in, in the Word, um, you know, years ago it took some time and went through all the things that the Word says, literally He says what to say and says what not to say. Literally does. He'll tell you what to say, what not to say. And usually we switch it. Because most of the stuff He says not to say, people say it all the time. And the stuff He says to say, we just ignore it and never say it. And so as a result, okay, we get the complete opposite of what he intended for us. So, amen, it pays to say what he said to say and to not say what he says don't say. Still with me? Amen. It would be a good word study for you to get, dive in there and check it out. And, uh, and so just, I just, it was just a thought I had, but... Um, I just know it to be true, okay, and that is this. If you just say what he says and not say what he says not to say, your life will instantly change. And that's just the basics. And things begin to already just shift and change because you're taking authority over an unseen realm. Come on. And it begins to shift things. Now, for whatever it's worth, Hebrews 11 said this, everything in this natural realm, come on, was put in place and manifested by an unseen thing, come on, called words. Genesis 1 starts off, and God said, and it was, and God said, and it was, all seven days, and God said, and it was. And God said, and it was. Somebody said, well, why don't you just say in the beginning, God said, and just say it all? Because trying to make a point. Everything, I mean, literally, light was before we even had a sun. Why does, why does, why does apple trees, why does it, it always keep producing you know, more apple trees? Because he said they will all produce after them themselves because in Genesis 1 he said it thus it will right and then Hebrews 11 he says by faith we know that the world everything of this 
seen realm was made, brought in, brought in, literally says, from an unseen thing, amen, called word. It was spoken. And it's still working. And so he gave us authority and dominion. He says, now you take authority of your lives, and what you talk begins to manifest around you. All right? Uh, let's see. What do I got here? Uh, what did I give you next? Uh, Psalms uh, 50. Let's put that one up. In fact, I am going to turn to that one. This is a pretty good one. Psalms 50. Let me get to it here. Are you still with me or am I boring you tonight? Amen. I, mean, I don't want to bore you tonight. So Psalms 50. Let me get to it here, I guess. All right, says this, <clears throat> whoever offers praise glorifies me, and to him who orders, all right, makes determined, literally means to appoint or determine, to mark out, to rehearse it even means, or to purpose, okay, to him who orders his conduct aright. Now, uh, I believe the uh, old King James uses the word um, uh, conversation there. So orders his conduct or his conversation aright. Now the word, the reason that one translation uses conduct, the other one uses conversation, because the word in itself means a course of life determined by words or conversation. So he says here that we order our conduct or literally our conversation aright. He says, if you do that, I will show you the salvation of God. Now, that begins to talk about the same thing we, we see out of Romans 10. Now, we always look at it, you know, if you, you know, confess, uh, you know, it talks about believe in your heart, amen, the Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth, amen, you shall be saved, come on, right? But it goes on, it goes on to say, for out of the heart, or in the heart, one believes unto righteousness, amen, the Lord believes that they have a right to this, and with the mouth, what? Confession is made unto salvation. Saying the same thing. In other words, you want your life, you want, you want the, the life of God to manifest around you? Get your words right. So that was a, that was a principle that's been from the get-go, all right? It's not just a new covenant thing. It's also an old covenant thing. And so, listen, if you order, you determine what comes out here, it determines what you're going to see. You want to see the salvation of God? Come on, right? It's not just talking about a born-again thing. It's talking about the full meal deal. Come on. If you want to see God do something in your life, then you're going to have to start talking some things. Stop giving the devil place. Start giving God place. Come on, right? Listen, we all should know this, that God don't force himself on nobody. If that was the case, we'd all be saved and we'd all be out of here by now. He don't force himself on nobody. He gives you a right. He gives you the privilege of making a choice. Now, he tells you how you do this and how it works. He said, if you abide by how it works, it'll work for you. If you do the opposite, then this other mess happens. You want the blessing? Talk the blessing. You want the curse? Talk the curse. You want life? Talk life. You want death? Talk death. And that's what you eat. That's what, that's what the produce that you eat. Are you still with me? All right. Now, are you glad you came out on a Wednesday night? All right. So here we go. Uh, so to him who orders his conduct or his conversation aright, I will show the salvation of God. I looked up the word 
uh, salvation, okay? And just like in the New Covenant, it basically means the same thing in the, in the Hebrew. Uh, deliverance, okay? Prosperity, victory. These are all the synonyms of this word if you look it up in Hebrew. Liberty, freedom, safety, or rescue, or preservation. All that's wrapped up in that word. That's a pretty big, I mean, those are all things you'd like happen around your life, right? So if you will, if you will order, determine, purpose what's going to come out your life, it'll determine the way you live your life, which determines, praise God, what's going to manifest around you. Still with me? Pretty weak. But anyway, all right. How about this? Job. Job 6, please. Job 6. How many know Job was having a bummer day or two or three or four? Huh? Right? A lot of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of uh, things get said about Job. Job got rebuked. He got rebuked because of the fear he was operating in and the words he spoke out of his mouth. Hello. Now, when he got all that in, in line, it all shifted and he came back, I mean, multiplied more. Still with me? So a lot of times, you know, we look at this and we go, oh, poor Job. And, and then we go along saying, I'm just having a Job experience. You don't want no Job experience. Nobody wants that mess. Come on, unless you're going to shift this thing. In fact, if you really want to get technical, the book of James, James said this. He said he talks about the end of Job, which was intended by the Lord. Not the beginning. He wouldn't intend any of that mess. He intended how it, was, how it ended, how it was supposed to be. Still with me? All right. Chapter 6, verse 24 says, teach me. Now, he's already been rebuked, okay? Eliphaz uh, has rebuked him about his conversation. And he said, teach me and I will hold my tongue. Cause me to understand wherein I have erred, okay? Now, this is Job talking. How forceful are right words. Okay, now he's agreeing with it. But then he says this, but what does your arguing prove? Now, he's talking to uh, Eliphaz. I think it's a power pronounced. Uh, Eliphaz, I think it is. And he's, he's saying, you know, you're sitting here calling me on my words. Okay, you're right. I should guard my words. Come on. Some of you might be doing that same thing right here, saying, okay, pastor, yeah, okay, I should watch my words. But, this is what he says, but what does your arguing prove? Do you intend to rebuke my words and the speeches of a desperate one, which are as wind? In other words, if you only knew what I was going through, you wouldn't be chewing me out right now for my words. Now, I hope nobody in here is thinking that. Come on. Because what happens, we all think, see, we all think we have an excuse or a reason or we're justified in what we're saying. He says, listen, that's the last thing you need to be talking. And he agreed, okay, yeah, I, 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 I'm saying, I know, my words are out of control right now, I'm just mad, I'm upset, I'm depressed, and you would be too if you had my problems. So leave me alone. And he's trying, you know, now, he, you know, this brother got in a little trouble later, come on, come on, because Job did get it right, praise the Lord, 
And Job did turn around. Come on. But, uh, uh, you know, at first, you know, he says, listen, man, your words are out of control. He says, I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying the right thing. And most of you, at least in here, I can't speak for everybody that's watching or listening by Internet, but I know you, and many of you might say the same thing to me. Well, preacher, you sit up there on your high horse and tell me what I'm supposed to say, and if you only had the life I had, you'd be saying what I'm saying too. I could have the life you have. Are you with me? You got you. No matter what we're dealing with, and we're not making light of anybody's itch, uh, situation. We're not making light of anybody's issue. We're not making light of anybody's uh, warfare that's going on. But we're trying to tell you the the fight of faith. Come on, you've got to lay hold of what's yours, because it ain't just going to come up and say, "Hey, I, I want to hang out with you." You have to lay hold of it. And one of those things is you got to get your mouth, you got to begin to confess the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You get it in your heart, and you get it coming out your mouth, amen, and salvation of God manifests, amen. So no matter what you're dealing with or what you're going through, if you will get your words in check, come on, somebody, things will begin to shift around you. Are you still with me? All right. In fact, uh, I don't think I gave it to him, but I think, let's see, I think it's chapter uh, 22, I believe. It says this, verse 28 of chapter 22 says, And you will declare a thing. And it will be established for you so that light will shine on your ways. In other words, if you will declare what's right, it begins to establish things. And literally light begins to light up your pathway because you're saying the right thing. You're determining what's going to come out your mouth. Still with me? Listen, we, uh, as I said earlier, you know, this is what uh, Job was getting in trouble for. Um, you know, he thought he was justified. And the problem was the enemy had a place there because of his fear and his words. And it gave place to the enemy. And all of a sudden the enemy comes in, takes everything he has. And so now he, he continues to talk his mountain, giving everybody a guided mountain tour. And they said, listen, you've got to change this. Well, I know I'm not supposed to talk this, but that's why I said earlier, you know, uh, your words, you got to start putting a value on this. I mean, like you would a steering wheel. Go down the highway, let go of the steering wheel. And you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, you, my wife's going, no, 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 no. The point is, is that, you know, we know better because we have a value on that steering wheel. Right? Ten and two. <laughs> Off your coup. The point is we value that because it steers the car. Well, this thing here steers your life. 
And so we have to put just as much value on what's coming out of our mouth. All right, yeah, don't, don't, don't let go of the steering wheel. But, anyway. but I think, you know, you get the point on that, right? All right, do it, uh, James 1, put that up here. So now let's, we're going to just kind of a little, little bit here. I kind of, we touched on it briefly earlier, but, um, you know, this is why you just got to, you know, if, if uh, you know, you just, it says here, brethren, uh, let, uh, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. But most of the time we're kind of, we kind of flip that around a little bit. We're more quick to speak and slow to hear. Come on. Now, there's a lot more said in that verse, obviously, but here it talks about just the importance of just be slow to speak. Why? Because your mouth can get you in trouble. Right? Come on. So that's just, you know, just, it just, you know, it says that. Uh, Proverbs 10, put that up here. We're just about done here. You doing okay? All right, Proverbs 10, verse 19 says this, In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who strains his lip is wise. You know, somebody could be a, a complete ding-a-ling, <coughs> And just learn how to control, you know, not talk much, and they're going to appear to be wise. You can appear to be wiser than you are by just not talking. Okay, let's find another one here. Um, let's see. Uh, I, I got another one in Proverbs here. What about Proverbs 17 and 28? Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he's considered perceptive. <laughs> I'm just saying, come on now. I know there's a lot more, you know, coming out of these verses, but I, I, I'm just saying, sometimes, see, you know, it, it, your mouth will get you in trouble. And sometimes it's not just because you were being ornery and said something you shouldn't have said and got somebody mad, which that applies here too. Come on being kind with your words and that kind of thing. Come on. But you have to understand, part of it is the unseen. Your mouth will get you in more trouble. Like James says, it'll literally it'll set everything ablaze. And uh, so you have to understand that these words, I, I, I just can't go on and just say anything. And if, and if all you're going to talk is doubt and unbelief and, and you know, doom and gloom and despair and what's that hee-haw song, you know, and misery on me, and woes me, agony and despair, or something. I don't remember what it, it's like. My goodness, you know. Come on, somebody. What is it? You know it. What is? Come on, sing it. There it is. That just. That'll just pick up your day. The point is, is that you know, a lot of times that's our conversation and our talk, and all we can think about is what ain't going right. Instead of, wait a minute, there's a lot going right. Uh, you know, there is a lot going, pardon me, a lot going wrong. Everyone's talking about what's going wrong, but there's a lot going right. Amen. So choose your words. Amen. And uh, so tonight it wasn't just primarily about being positive, but, but it is about guarding the words. Amen. Speaking words of life. Come on, somebody. And, uh, you know, back to that whole thing, he's talking to the fig tree, and he says, listen, the same, the same way it worked here is how, it, how you speak to that mountain, tell that mountain to go, amen. And so don't sit here and talk your mountain. Tell your mountain where it needs to go. Come on, somebody. And you can grab your word, grab this word, grab your promises, stand your ground, praise God, and be the, 
people you're called to be and grab hold of that abundant life, that quality of life, that eternal life that you're called to, praise God, and keep that mouth doing what it's supposed to be doing. Did you get something today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And just for, you know, well, Pastor, how do I, you know, well, let's guard what you put in here. Amen. Guard what you meditate on, what you're feeding on. Amen. And probably have to guard a little bit of who you're letting talking to you. That's, uh, that's true. I mean, sometimes you get around some things and, and hear things and that's all you're going to hear and you just have to understand that pretty soon, you know, you're feeding yourself with that. Pretty soon that's all that's coming out your mouth. Okay, that's another sermon. <laughs> all right. Father, we give you praise and glory. Thank you again for your word and for these promises and these principles. And, and Father, thank you for a people of God who had an ear to hear it today and a heart to receive it. Thank you for opening the eyes of our understanding, giving us some clarity and some insight about some of this. Amen. Some revelation about this. And Father, we give you praise for a people of God. Hallelujah. Willing to speak life and not death. To speak the blessing and not the curse. Hallelujah. To speak words of faith. Faith-filled words. Your promises, praise God, and not doubt and unbelief. And Father, we give you the praise and the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.